when you realize what your natural inborn strengths are and how you can apply them, it's the biggest weapon to use against the attacks of the inner critic. Hey everyone, I'm Emily Reagan, and you've discovered Unicorns Unite. This is a podcast for freelancers, service providers, virtual assistants, and curious listeners who would like to experience the freedom and flexibility of working virtually. We're the magic makers, movers and shakers, and the real people doing the work behind the scenes of online businesses. Welcome to Unicorns Unite. Before we jump into the podcast, this episode is sponsored by my brand new $7 offer. It's a comprehensive list of digital marketing tools. Why? So you can look smart, so you can offer the best marketing services, so you can come to the table knowing what the latest and greatest tools are, and you can run your business efficiently. It's going to make you smart, it's going to make you feel confident, and it's all in one place and you can reference it anytime. We have the tools divided by my recommended tech stack for virtual assistants. We have business tools, AI tools, marketing tools, email, websites, SEO, social media, audio and video, and graphic design. If you've ever looked at how someone else is doing it and wondered how they did it, I have that tool. I have that tool. I've been collecting them for years. They're all in one spot. Go grab it now in the show notes. Back to the podcast. Hey, 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 welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Emily Reagan, a fellow freelancer, mom of four, and I do digital marketing work. I don't do admin work, nothing wrong with that, but I've taught my friends who are not marketers how to pick up this freelance work so they can work behind the scenes. I connect them with clients. I keep sharing my love of learning and marketing, and I am all about empowering women to have options. When you invest in skills, you give yourself the ability to say yes to different opportunities. You put yourself in the hiring pool. I don't know what that is for you. Everybody's freaking different. And that's why we're a unicorn. And when we unite and we come together, we can really help each other. You who are listening right now have the most different, unique, special background that positions you to be somebody's dream hire. And I even hate saying the word hire because sometimes we're like, contracted, signed or booked or whatever we want to say, you're not always an employee. So hire doesn't feel work, but like a good fit for a small business owner who is looking for a bright brain to help them in their business. And it's my goal to help you get out there, feel confident in yourself, launch your services and be at your top level. And that confidence comes deep within. It also comes from investing in skills, having done the work, leaning into your past experiences and all that. So on this podcast, we are in the middle of a mini mindset series because this is so important. This is what's going to make or break any single business owner out there, uh, believing in themselves, being able to sell themselves on a discovery call, being able to do the work, not being afraid to speak up and offer opinions and suggestions and really cement their worth. I'm all about you being extra. And this mindset series is just the beginning inside the Unicorn Digital Marketing Assistant School. We are bringing in confidence coach Jen Grosso to help us fight the fear and how to physically step up things to do to trick your brain ahead of discovery calls and really own it to have that maximum confidence getting into a call and every day when you show up for work, when you show up for your marketing, when you show up for yourself in your life. Last episode, we had Tracy Litt from The Litt Factor talking about fear and explaining why fear keeps us from moving forward. And today we're talking with Mary Ann Gramig about this inner critic, that negative 
voice that's inside your head telling you not to do things. She has a really unique story. I love her mama bear moment when she is just fed up and ready for change. And she's been through a lot. And she's sharing here very vulnerable to help you step out of it. Because I know I come to this freelancer desk with a background, with a lot of trauma, a lot of hurt, a lot of stories, a lot of people telling me I wasn't worthy or, you know, a lot of stuff I don't really feel like talking about right now. (laughs) But this keeps us stuck and we need this awareness. We need to know. We need to move forward and say enough is enough. I'm ready to like take my dreams and own it. I'm ready to create a life where I'm living my best life right now and I'm not waiting anymore. You want the best for your kids and you want to see them enjoying it now. For a lot of us, that means financial freedom and that means schedule freedom. And to be able to live the dream and work less and make a lot of money, like that's the dream, right? But like, let's not, let's not make that out to be what it's not. You can get there working for yourself and becoming a digital service provider. I help a lot of women get started by learning marketing skills, dusting off their brains, getting back out there re-entering a new workforce where everything has changed, but also being relevant and up-to-date with marketing because it's freaking fun and it's creative and it's analytical and it fills my cup. I like variety. Marianne also has a fun journey of how she found her passion. And who knows, this work could open up so many doors for you or maybe believe in yourselves as a business owner. There's been a lot of people who took this marketing stuff and put it to use for their own business, stepping up as a, a coach, a consultant, right? Mary Ann is a certified Gallup Strengths coach and a public speaker. She's worked with a lot of organizations and corporations, helping competent people get out of that confidence crisis and not underestimate themselves. They're really honing in on their strength of their own authenticity. Mary is all about being authentic, and that is why her brand is Authentica. It's amazing. So as you're listening to this episode, first of all, kudos for being here, keeping an open mind, not skipping past the mindset podcast, because I, like I said, this is the difference maker. But if you found this helpful, would you please reach out to Marianne and let her know? Let her know. Let me know. Tag us on stories. And we'd love to hear from you. And then also my other call to action in this quickie podcast intro, let me know what you named your inner critic. If you just like DM me like a name, I'll be like, yeah. I know. I mean, sometimes I hide little Easter egg stuff in my content and don't tell half the people. And I love like when half the people don't actually know what we're talking about inside jokes, like the egg that's happening in my free Facebook group that most people will never understand. So why am I saying this? DM me the name because you're supposed to name your inner critic. You're supposed to give her a name or him or her or it or they a name and you're supposed to face it. So what is yours? DM me. And let's jump into this podcast episode with Marianne. I hope you love it. Hey, Marianne, and welcome to the show. I am so excited to have you here talking about our inner critics, all that self-talk that happens inside our head. Will you tell everyone, hello, where you're from, a little bit about you and your business? Yeah. Hey, Emily, it's great to be here with you. I am Marianne Gramick, and I'm from the beautiful bluegrass state of Kentucky, the land of bourbon and horses, and I'm a certified Gallup Strengths Coach. Tell us, what did you used to do before? Because I love these startup stories or the, when we started our business, mm-hmm. what we were doing before and how we pivoted. I think it's so inspiring for our audience. So how do you get started? Tell us all the goods. 
Well, I had worked for about seven or eight years. My degrees are more in the in the legal realm, but I'd worked for seven, eight years in the anti-sex trafficking world, uh, in the nonprofit space. And that was very heavy work and I enjoyed it, but it, it was time to move on after a certain point. So I went back to my kind of my leadership roots that I'd had years before and was the executive director for a community leadership group. And it was during that time that I brought Clifton Strengths on board into that organization, and it totally just blew it up. And within three years of being the ED, we pivoted to where I told the board, we need to hire a new executive director so I can do the strengths-based leadership development for the community full-time because they were just really clamoring for it. So that led into me thinking of starting my own company. And that was like super scary, but super exciting. And so that's kind of how it all started to, to come about. And there were a couple of pivotal things that happened personally, one especially with my daughter that we'll probably get into that really just made me stop settling for where everybody else thought I should be spending my time and resources and passion and really getting serious about what I wanted to bring to the world. Oh, I can't wait to get into that story. It's a good one. <laughs> okay, so we bonded over a couple of things. We're both military spouses. Woohoo! Yes. So you spent some time. Tell us about that background. What did your spouse do? Yeah. My husband was a, a combat infantryman in the United States Army and for 25 years, so retired from that. And then he went on to, to move to Shelbyville, Kentucky, and, and do a lot of work with the junior ROTC world, working with leadership development with kids. Oh my gosh. So how many places have you PCSed? In 25 years, I lived in 14 different houses. Oh my gosh, what was your favorite assignment? Probably South Korea. He wasn't with us a lot of the time of that assignment. He was up at the on the border with North Korea and I lived down in Seoul on the military base with the children. But it was it was great. I loved our time that we were in Asia. Everybody's usually surprised when they because I also lived in Hawaii, but Hawaii was great, but I'm not a big ocean and beach girl. And I had two small, uh, two little boys. Keith was never home, and it's the washing machine was still breaking down. I still had potty training to do. It was not paradise. That kind of reminds <laughs> me of our, our station in South Florida. I look back, I'm like, oh, I should, why wasn't I kayaking more? Why wasn't I just frolicking in Key Largo? I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I had babies. Yeah. I had babies. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He was like training with the Australian Army once and, and called me, and he'd been snorkeling on like the Great Barrier Reef. And yeah. I was covered in like, puke and we were eating hamburger helper and yeah it was awful <laughs> but hawaii was great our second son was actually born there so it has fond memories for us we've been back several times oh how fun how fun so what were you doing for your career while you were moving around like which jobs were those <laughs> or were you <laughs> that's that's so funny so that was back during the time where you were a command team so I literally showed up in one of his evaluations once that I was a good partner for his career. So yes, you're not allowed to do that anymore, but I absolutely, my life revolved 100% for most of his career around advancing his career. There was no question of anything that you as your spouse would be involved in career-wise. There were very few if you were a teacher or a nurse, like my best friend has a successful career, she had to just carve and hack it out the whole way. 
So it, it just wasn't, there wasn't a mindset. It was a very traditional 1950s mindset mm-hmm. back in the 80s when he first got into the military. Oh my gosh, I can't imagine. Yeah. And yet uh, yeah. it kept me alive having something to do on my own, even though it was just like a few hours a week when I first started. But like, I just like, I needed that. And I did the commander spouse wife thing. And, you know, I think I did okay. <laughs> okay at it. But, oh, my God, I can't imagine that having to be like yes. a full-time gig. Yeah. The thing I had on my own was trying to finish my bachelor's degrees. Okay. So that it took 10 universities and 20 years because of all the moving and then the baby breaks. And then I wound up with like three degrees and 165 credits or something crazy like that by the time it was all done. That's why I never went to law school. I took the LSAT, but we, we yes. did not live anywhere for three years until, Same. until it was yes. too late. It was just too late. I didn't want it anymore. Yes. It didn't matter. Yeah. That ship sailed for me also. I was like the first alternate on a list to be able to get into Chase Law School and then he deployed. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. It was like, yeah, that's not going to work now. Oh my god! Yeah, and then you look at the sh- that ship sailed, and it's okay. I love what I'm doing now. Well, I think it's so fascinating how these moments come up. You know, it, it just gives us so much clarity when we move forward. And I have learned throughout the years that, like, yeah, I actually probably would have hated it. I would have hated it, and I'm right in the spot I needed mm-hmm. to be, where I get to be a little bit creative. Although I like writing, I don't think I would have liked the, you know, the lawyer things that I would have to do or like the quick yeah. stuff. And mm-hmm. so I think I'm in the, I'm in the right spot, but I'm very grateful. I'm very grateful. I've had some yes. moments yes. and lots of job changes, but it all ended up with me here. And it was awesome because I got to work with you. We built your quiz funnel together. Yes, absolutely. And you Thank worked you. With, <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. And we'll talk about that quiz too, but you also worked with me because you do this whole Gallup Strength thing. So will you fill everyone in on what this is and what this type of coaching is? Yeah, absolutely. So Gallup Clifton Strengths is a modality in coaching. So some people may have taken MBTI or Enneagram or DISC, and those are great assessments. They're kind of a broad form personality type assessment. Gallup Clifton Strengths uh, really becomes much more granular. And it's a talent assessment. So it layers really well for anybody who's listening that has some of those others in their pocket. They're at like a 50,000 feet view. Gallup Clifton Strengths brings it down to 5,000 feet. And it's nose to nose. It's very unique, very personalized and customized. And I was very much drawn to it for that reason. I took it as part of a work assignment and really dialed into it from that perspective, and then later looked at it more holistically when, as I mentioned, I went through the situation with my daughter. But when you take the assessment with Clifton Strengths, there's a 1 in 33 million chance that anyone else in the world will even have just your same top five of strengths in order and intensity. So there's 34 recognized talent themes, and it just really helps you see how unique you are naturally wired And my coaching focuses on how to take all that authenticity that's naturally strong in you and maximize it and apply it to whatever task, career, project that you're working on. And I love this so much because my whole thing is about being a unicorn and owning your stress. And then I add in digital marketing and I help women create options so they can work from home so they don't have to 
you know, do what I did and like start over with their jobs every you know time they PCS. So I'm all about the uniqueness because I think that that's your unique selling proposition. That's your value prop whenever you go mm-hmm. into business. And we need it as a service provider. You've got to stand out and differentiate yourself. And so by leaning into your strengths, it's so important. So I did the test with you. We did coaching. We went over yeah. the strengths. It was so amazing. And I still refer to that and one of my top strengths mm-hmm. all the time. And it, it was empowering because it showed that I was building a business on my strengths already. And that just bolstered my confidence because it's so easy as a business owner, as a digital service provider to question things, to get all right. the, mind, the mind stuff like in the <laughs> Yes. So that's what I really want to talk to you about today is this whole concept of the inner critic, because I see it stopping some of my best and brightest. I mean, yeah. I battle with it too. I'm not acting like I'm yeah. immune. And I know that this is your your yeah. strength and your coaching. And so where do we even start with this? <laughs> yeah, well, I think a great place to start is kind of what the inner critic isn't. Like sometimes we get caught up in that, well, it's just my conscience or it's just kind of the guardrails that will keep me on track or from doing something stupid or unsafe or, and it's really not. I mean, we have a conscience and we have that kind of authentic internal knowing. The inner critic comes in really early in life for a lot of us or something that's happened usually during our childhood by someone that was an authority that we respected or looked up to. And it's even just that beginning doubting negative voice that started somewhere as a human voice that they were displeased with you or now critical of you. And our primal areas of our brain just gravitate towards that. So it kind of wants to throw, go all the way back to that primal time where we did have to really stay hyper protected. It really is a mechanism within our own mind that is filled with negativity. And eventually, for most of us, that voice just gets louder and louder and louder. And we fall into categories of just, well, I can't do this, or I won't ever. Or, you know, some people, will tell stories of, you know, their own parents saying, you know, you'll never amount to anything. Mm, yeah. Well, it only takes one or two times to hear something, even not that aggressive, for a child's brain to just accept it. And then we start making agreements all along the way that this is just how things are. Okay, we probably look for proof that it's true. And we probably look yes. for that affirmation. We absolutely do. And yeah, we're imperfect humans. So we don't have to go far to find that. Yeah, we're, we're going to make mistakes and mess up. They just get hyper, hyper important to us. And all of the good things that we're doing, if you, you know, grew up in a household like I did, you didn't get praised for just doing what you were supposed to do. Right. There just there wasn't any of that. So, yeah. Which is funny. I'm supposed to be doing that with the puppy right now. We just went to our first puppy class and they're like, just reward her for doing a few things right. And I'm like, oh, this is so new to me. Like just positive reinforcement for like doing the thing you were supposed to. I wish it were that easy, right? Right, right. Exactly. I love that you gave us a couple of examples. Can you give me some more just so people can maybe like address this and like maybe see it in their own thoughts. And then I'm also thinking specifically for my audience who are freelancers, who are virtual assistants and marketing specialists. Like what is that inner critic saying? What does she sound like? 
Yeah. Well, what are you hearing from your folks, Emily? What are some of the things when you you can see that there's talent there, you can mm-hmm. see that there's a spark there, and they're pushing back either on what you're what you're offering. What are some of the well, biggest things that you hear? That's a good question. I don't think they always go back to the deep self-worth issues that it probably is, but I hear a lot of like, I'm not qualified. Like that's a big one. Who am I to do this? And, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of that is like stemming from the fear of, you know, putting themselves out and like not being perfectionist. But maybe I'll think of a few more as you keep talking. No, that's, that's perfect. So those are the kind of questions that come up or the statements that come up that are really speaking to the comparison that the inner critic's always making us do, the Mm -hmm. imposter syndrome, the lack of self-worth and value, and then just that fear, like I talked about earlier. You know, there was a time when we did have to be super protective, and the modern brain still has some of that tendency. And we usually come out of it with like one of three responses. We either like fight our way through and are going to slay the dragon. And sometimes that looks, you know, pretty and noble. And sometimes it's not. It can be kind of outward facing and negative towards other people. Or we just have the flight response. We just run away and avoid procrastination, avoidance, all of that. Because if I just, you know, sabotage myself, then it'll be better than somebody else Mm. affirming what I've always known was right. And then sometimes we get absolutely stuck where we just freeze. We just can't move to go forward scary. We don't want to go back and we just get stuck there in freeze mode. And that's probably the place that the inner critic has the most success. No matter what flavor she kind of comes at you at, he or she comes at you at, if you're male or female, just keeping you stagnant and stuck and immobile is like, they love that all day long. Just oh inner God. critics jumping around doing backflips up because there's no way that it wants you to have to tap into that authentic strength that you were created to have. Oh my gosh, I'm thinking about that freeze mode and the things I hear is getting stuck in research mode all the time. Yes. Uh, never actually putting themselves out there for the first client. Like ultimately, like we all have to get that first client. It's kind of like the excuse of like, well, I'm overwhelmed, therefore I can't move forward. Like I see all of that Mm -hmm. that's probably creating that like stuck, that stuck. Yes, absolutely. Yes. And when you realize what your natural inborn strengths are and how you can apply them, it's the biggest weapon to use against the attacks of the inner critic because you're not having to make anything up. It's innately who you are. It's the unique way that you were designed to be. You just don't know how to use it or your inner critics convinced you that like, well, that's nothing special. Everybody can do that. Not true. Other people may have a similar strength to you, but they're showing up completely different with it. Nobody can bring to the world what you can bring in the way that you were designed and put on this earth to bring it. Okay, so you, can you give us an example? And I mean, you can use one of mine if you want. You can use like a client. But I think this is so solid because sometimes we just need that extra boost of confidence. And when you look yeah. at strengths report and you're like, here's evidence 
evidence yes. that I can do this, that I can fight this. And then you acknowledge yeah. what your inner critic is telling you. Like you can fight it and you don't have to settle for staying stuck. So I would love like a little specific story. Yeah, absolutely. A specific story would be, so I'm in the heart of Kentucky's bourbon and, and horse country. And in the county I'm in, one of my early clients when I first started the business was the executive director for our local tourism here. And we're in one of the most visited counties in the state of Kentucky because of bourbon horses and, and all of that. And so my client, Katie, was just killing it here. Tourism was going through the roof, skyrocketing. She was loving her job, highly respected, super smart uh, in her like late 20s, early 30s. But there was something that was just kind of missing. She kind of would have, had just reached the limit of what she could do here. And so we had been doing some mindset coaching and just beginning some strengths work. And there was just something more she wanted to do, but wasn't sure what that was. Could she do it? She was the mom of young kids. And then an opening came up uh, as the senior vice president for the Kentucky Derby Museum. So through using her strengths and her coaching, she decided to just shift that mindset. That's too big for me and go for it. So we worked through a lot of issues of what that would mean, like everything she built here. She was hearing from all the naysayers. Are you really going to walk away from what you've done here? That's such a huge jump. You're so young. You'll never see your kids on and on and on. But she worked through all of that. She kept going. What I like to say is she just, she just did it scared. We didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. And I'm like, the worst thing that can happen is that you go for this and it doesn't work out, but there's no regret because you didn't try. Yes. So I'm now like, she's the senior vice president of the Kentucky Derby Museum. And she, she is. Got it. She is killing it. Yes. She is amazing. She's killing it. And she takes the same strengths approach of personal development she's used with herself. And she uses that with her entire staff because she wants them at their highest and best. She knows how unique they each are and she wants them to fill that for themselves. So the more that you understand your own uniqueness and your own strengths, it gives you the space to want that for everyone around you because there's room for everybody at the table if we're all being our unique, authentic self. The comparisons can stop, the competition can stop, we're still imperfect humans. Our inner critic's not just going to, you know, I'm not going to tell everybody here that we're going to sprinkle magic inner critic fairy dust and it all goes away. We're imperfect humans. But by leaning into your own uniqueness and authenticity, the power of your strengths is transformative. Oh my gosh, I love that because we're trying to create that in our community where we celebrate each other because it's not apples to apples. We are all coming to the table with different experiences, lived experiences, you know, yes. experiences. And it's so easy. And I see this in other like VA Facebook groups to get caught comparing. And I'm, yeah. really, I'm really trying, like, I just love hearing mm -hmm. that. So, like, that's what yeah. I'm trying to do where we celebrate it, but we don't attach meaning. We don't make it about ourselves. Right. We truly are different. My strength is way different than the right. person next to me. Exactly. It really causes an expansiveness instead of this scarcity mindset. There's room for everybody at the table. And even I do this presentation on collaboration with organizations of how people, their teams, once they have their strengths report, to take a higher level of communication and collaboration. So there isn't that competition to get the boss's attention all the time. Like 
knock him down so that I can get a seat at the table. That's not a strengths mindset. Strengths is rooted in positive psychology. I like it because it's not just, oh, you know, I'm okay, you're okay. No, it's positive psychology, but it's with accountability. Accountability to myself, but also if I'm going to partner with you, I have to be accountable to you, Emily, to help you bring out the best of you forward. And then in turn, when you say, Marion, I've noticed this, I think you could take this to the next level. I really see this in you. I don't see that as a criticism. I see it as thank you because I want to be evolving. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Those are the people I want in my community, right? Yes. To be successful in business as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, service provider, you're like, we're always evolving. So to be encouraged to do it. And I mean, back to your client, Katie, you were talking about the naysayer. So not only is she battling those questions in her head, she had outside forces who are trying to bring her down too. So Oh, absolutely. And as a young woman in business, she is this beautiful blue-eyed blonde. So there's also that side of that women compete with in Mm -hmm. business. I mean, it's just a fact. It is still there of her not being taken as seriously at times. I mean, you can talk to her for 30 seconds and you'll get over that really quickly. She knows her stuff. She's gracious. She's sharp. She's all about positive, accountable leadership. But yeah, she was battling. She had all kinds of, and you know, and this was a highly competitive position. Mm-hmm. People from all over the country wanted to be, it's the Kentucky Derby. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and that just tells me too. I mean, we, we've heard this saying, like, you got to surround yourselves with people who bring you up too. And like your network yeah. is your net worth. But I just think of like how deep you have to go within and how you need help when you have that extra outside influence trying to bring you down. And I mean, I know somebody listening to this podcast has somebody in their circle who's like, you can't do that. Why are you starting a business? It's too late for you. Or like, you're you're not qualified to do digital marketing. You didn't do a four-year degree. And like, I never want to see that to stop. Right. Me. You know, I'm, I'm so grateful. I've had a very supportive husband this whole way, but I know not everybody has that situation and they don't get it. Right. Right. It's like, as much as it's possible, if you can't change the people around you to your way of thinking. You need smart advisors and people to say, you need to think about this and this. But if you can't change their mindset to be part of your tribe, then you need to, you know, that saying, you can't change the people around you, change the people around you. I mean, I love that. When I first heard that, I'm like, oh, wow, that's right. And I literally gradually, as gently as I could, yeah, did some cutting. <laughs> I and mean, it was I'm, good. Yeah, you have to. We're laughing about the military spouse life because it kind of happened naturally, you yeah. know, or like you would yeah. move and make yeah. your temporary friends and it didn't right. really matter if they, you know, if it wasn't yeah. like 100% what you wanted, you were just right. yes anyway. But right. now you get in this new space online and, you know, yeah. I've always been online since like AOL days, but you have to be more selective, right? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. You do. Yeah. Okay. This is so fun to talk about, but what I am interested in next is how do we address this inner critic? Like what, what comes next? What are these first steps we have to take it? Especially when we realize, oh, maybe I'm like Katie, I'm not going for the thing I really want. I'm telling myself it's too big. Like what should we be doing? Hey, my inbox is flooded right now with referrals for digital marketing assistance. 
There's so many work opportunities. This is how you create a flexible schedule where you're the boss, where you work when you want to and you have off and play when you want to. This is how you have the ultimate job satisfaction where you get to be creative and a team player. And this is how you make money. It's skills, it's money, and I can help you do it fast inside the Unicorn Digital Marketing Assistant School. If you've been wanting to work from home as a freelance marketer, I can help you get started. Get on the wait list and I'll see you in October. One of my hobbies is I'm part of an acting company and we perform a lot of Shakespeare. And so in every Shakespeare play, the heroine or the hero has to identify, they kind of have to know thine enemy. So you have to get to know what is your inner critic's brand of getting under your skin? How are they doing it? Because it's working. You're not doing the things that you want to be doing or second guessing or having missteps. So is to just really get serious about doing the work to uncover. What does that look like? Where is my inner critic needling me? And so I have a quiz that addresses that, that, you know, thank you for helping me with. And it's (laughs) phenomenal. And then to actually encourage everybody to take the strengths assessment because it is, those are the, the weapons. It's kind of like your, your different weapons and tools to be able to pull up. This is where I am strong, inner critic. And this is where you are. I'm not going to believe your lies anymore because it's, your inner critic is not a truth teller. It is not trying to just keep you safe. It is lying to you to try to feed into that part of you that feels less than and less than and less than. And it it starts really early. I mentioned mine. I have a name for mine. I encourage all my clients name their inner critic. Mine's name is Patsy. (laughs) Sorry to all the nice Patsies out there. I'm sure you're lovely, but don't don't complain to Emily later that I, you know, called you out. Uh, I'm sure everybody named Patsy here is great. Mine wasn't. We were on the school bus in the second grade together. She was this beautiful, perfect, just had these perfect pigtails with pink bows, but she was just evil. She would sit next to me and dig her perfect fingernails into my arm and tell me that I was skinny and ugly and I had a broken tooth and just really got inside my head. And so my, my mother noticed the scratches on my arm at some point and asked me what was going on. And so I blamed it on the cat first. So that didn't last long. Your pets are great scapegoats. So I don't know how much uh, how much broccoli your puppy's eating right now from the kitchen table, but I'm sure that he's helping everybody out. <laughs> yeah, he, he hasn't technically eaten homework yeah, already. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure he has. Yeah. So the second time I came in the house with it, she just really pushed me on it. And I said, well, you know, Patsy is, she, she put the pot down that she was stirring on the stove and turned to me and I thought, okay, she's going to like hug me. And no, <laughs> she said that if I let, now I grew up in Appalachia in Eastern Kentucky. If I let some silly youngin do that to me one more time, if I came home with scratches on my arm one more time, because I let her do that, I was going to get a spanking. Yeah. So I began avoiding Patsy at all costs. So, and then <laughs> like anything I could do to avoid her. But she was just like the pinnacle of everything I thought I wanted to be. Yeah. But she was just mean and horrible. Eventually, they her family moved, but she never left me because it was just that was just geography. I carried her with me for years and years and years, and kind of had that 
you know, my clothes were homemade and I had this long, straight brown hair slicked back in a barrette. She just had store-bought clothes and, and all of that. So I had to really get serious with addressing the impact she'd had on me. Yeah. Did she ever like come back later? No, no, never, never saw her again. Now, I don't know where they moved to or anything, but yeah. So now your inner critic is named Patsy? Is named Patsy, yes. And now what I do is when I, when I feel her rising up, and she still does from time to time, I'll grab her by her like greasy pigtails and just kind of like <laughs> toss her. I'm like, no, you're not going to stay here today. Get out of the playground of my mind. Because that's what the inner critic likes to do. Just make a playground and skips around all day long, travel all the law, having a great time, making us feel like crap. Yeah, I love that concept of naming her and humanizing her. I think just creating that awareness, which is what you're doing, is really important. Yeah. And I'm going to kind of challenge myself, too, to pay attention to what comes up. Because yeah. it's so easy for me to be like, put it in a box and put it on the shelf. And exactly. You know, the next thing. <laughs> right. Absolutely. That avoidance piece. But it's just always there bubbling. And then at times when you feel like something happens and you feel like you're maybe overreacting or you're like, where did that come from? I just bawled about something that shouldn't have really been that big of a deal. Something's just right at the surface and you're just, you're being triggered. Yeah. And the inner critic really knows how to, how to get us in those moments, unless we have our tools to know, I know this is a lie. So when you know you've really made it when something that normally would trigger you or upset you, or you'd kind of start to shrink back and you're like, wow, nothing. I'm like, I remember when that happened to me the first time, I was like, ah, well, I would have just been a puddle on the floor last year, but nothing now. So doing the incremental work really helps. Naming the inner critics, one of the things that we do in my workshops, and I usually like list them up on the board. There's only been one that I couldn't write out in public, but <laughs> the, the woman was like really solid, like, no, that's what her name is. And I'm like, do you? So, Oh my gosh. <laughs> so it's so interesting that you were aware of her earlier and I'm going to go back through some childhood memories and like remember little moments. I can also just like remember being labeled early. I yeah. have a twin brother, like we were labeled differently. We were constantly compared. And so this is going to bring up a lot for me, but it's, this is so fascinating. How did you start this journey of wanting to help women fight their inner? Yeah. Like, how did you know this is what you wanted to do? Yeah. Well, I think that through the stops and starts when I did decide to start trying to use the degrees that I finally wound up with after 20 years. And then that was just, there was something just always starting me. And I found myself accepting low salary positions, all of that thing. My best friend, every time she had a job change, she'd wind up with a larger salary. She was like, you have a knack for having your salary go in the wrong direction every time you have a new, because I just could not see my value. And I think it went back to, Really early for me, I say I kind of had my own version of AAA that was no pleasure trip. So I was adopted as a young child, about one year old. I had been the product of a date rape and was given up for adoption. And then I had some childhood sexual abuse that went on for about seven years, from about three to 10. And then out of that, wound up with a serious bout of anorexia nervosa that almost killed me in 1988. So there was that my AAA journey was not, uh, was not pleasant. Even through all of that, that was not enough 
my inner critic always found a way to where, you know, I would just continue to buy into the lies. But my 16-year-old daughter, when I was 47, during swimming practice, constant uh, diving practice off the blocks, suffered a vertebral artery dissection. Nobody knew it at the time. It formed a clot, and the next day at school, the clot broke loose and traveled to her brainstem, and she had a stroke. Now, let everybody off the hook right away. She is fine. She survived. She is referred to in some medical journal as patient X and is a is a miracle. She's married and has two little children now of her own. But right after that, about a month after that, we found out that she was in an abusive relationship with her boyfriend also. And there was something very primal that rose up in me more than just a mom, but as a woman and fellow female that had experienced, you know, abuse and maltreatment in my life. And then here's my daughter going through this trauma and then this abusive relationship that I had no idea about at the time. And it was just like this primal scream, just this huge howl of just enough. And that's the mm. part of why I have the logo I have behind me of Authentica to just, I was just done. So I took the strengths assessment, had already had it a few years before and used it to really dial in at work and become highly successful from a work perspective. But I remembered that it was also used holistically. And so I just started applying. Like if I applied my strengths, not just to my nine to five, but to my whole life, which yeah. is who I am every day and everything I do, what would that mean? And it absolutely transformed the way I saw myself and started giving me the strength to do the work, to move forward in ways that were good for me emotionally and mentally, physically, but also concrete steps to get from where I wanted to be to where I had been previously stuck. You said the right word, concrete. And it's so fascinating because we just had Tracy Litt on the podcast. She's very, very manifestation. And I think that I sometimes need concrete, tactical, hard yes. evidence data. Maybe yes. it's my part of my personality or whatever, but like I can believe that. And maybe that's why the manifestation is hard. Like I get the concept of it, but I don't actually right. apply it. Like I'm right. Worse. I'm like, yeah, I keep meaning to do this gratitude journal. And and I mean, yeah. I'm like oversimplifying it, but I think that's why I love this this whole basis for the strengths like the, yes in your hand 34 things like you are good yes at. right well you get the best of both worlds with strengths because i see the intellectual emotional mental mind body spirit connection and strengths gives you that so you have the affirmation side mm -hmm. right there in front of you this is who I am. This is the positive of what I bring and the value I bring to the world. And you can even use some of the reports I run. Clients turn them into affirmations because it's not just about, well, poof, I want this. And, and there, there is an aspect to manifesting that is, I think, supportive, very beneficial and supportive. And then you need the concrete accountability piece. What are the steps to while you're bringing up your mindset in a healthy, positive way, that you walk out what's required to get your goal accomplished, to even know how to set the right goals, the big enough goals to where, I mean, it should feel a little bit scary. That's how you know you're on the right track. Your inner critic wants you to keep playing small. And we just, we just don't do that authentica. I just don't coach that way. 
So we get a little bit nervous and do it a little bit scared, but you've got your strengths there. And so that is really an example of whatever the person is trying to figure out, whether it's how to goal set, what the goal should be, or just which one to start on next. The strengths provide the path on how to get your inner critic stuffed over in the closet so that she'll shut up. And then you start walking out the steps of this is what I need to do. Oh my goodness. I know people Mm -hmm. listening, when you said under earning, like I know I had like little neurons firing and people being like, I know I talk to you all every day. I know what you're charging hourly. So how can we tie this up so it builds confidence in freelancing? Why do we need to be leaning into our natural strengths? Well, for one thing, it can entrepreneurship, you know, and I'm a solopreneur. I have a team, but primarily, you know, I've, there's a reason that I don't want to work for a company, someone else's company anymore. (laughs) I want the freedom and the flexibility, but it can be lonely. It can be really lonely. And then there's no other, there's not a boss or peers to say, oh, you're doing a great job. There's just not most of the time. So without that, knowing your own strengths and then being part of a community that is strengths-minded, it is difficult to stay up and energized. One of the cool things that I do is I have a report that I run with clients called the Bring Need. And it's not only the value that they bring through their strengths, but what they have to intentionally be sure that they're getting and providing themselves through some mechanism to stay energized in their strengths. So they can keep showing up for their clients. So they can keep saying, okay, now we're going to level up to this. I've mastered this. There's a couple more things that I want to learn more about. And then also just remembering, you don't have to have all the answers. Nobody's looking Mm -hmm. for perfectionism. They're looking for excellence, but not perfectionism. We don't have to be a genius like Stephen Hawking's and Mm -hmm. have every solid answer. But we have to be confident that we are farther down the road in our expertise than the person that needs our help. Just like I work with coaches that are further down the road than me. I don't expect them to know everything, but they know more than I do. And I need them. And that's the beauty of taking my course to plug myself. Exactly. So quickly, we out knowledge. I don't know how to say it, but we start to know more than our clients when it comes to marketing, especially if they don't have a marketing background. So that can give you the leg up. But help me brainstorm right now. Where are places freelancers can use the strengths in marketing in their own? Well, (laughs) I want to brag on the fact that, you know, I hired one of your graduates being one of your rock stars. She saved my life. So just for all of your students that are listening People like me need you. You may think that what you know is not special or unique. For someone like me, oh my gosh, it was like a game changer. I could sleep again. And Angela is my digital marketing assistant. Love you, Angela. (laughs) Shout out. Yes. And she's very patient. Um, Very patient. She's super smart. But she does this all day long in her sleep. And it just doesn't seem like maybe a big deal to her. But to me, holy cow, it has changed my business. So remember the value that you bring is other people, your clients and your your prospects. The reason they're reaching out to you or need to hear from you, they need to confidently know this is who I am and this is what I do. And there's nothing wrong with saying, if I ask Angela a question, 
And right off the top of her head, it's not her area of expertise. She's like, we'll figure it out. And we do. Yes. And that's fine with me. I just needed the smart help. So thank you for training Angela in your academy because she's phenomenal. Just a little plug about her. I need to have her on the podcast. You do, um, yes. I need I need to. And maybe she's on my short list. I'm blinking out right now. But she owned her own business for years. And so she still had to start doing this for clients. She's, she is amazing. She's very technical. She's gone on to keep learning. And I'm so impressed by her. But I just want everyone to hear, like, she's not some pie in the sky. She was where you are a year and a yes. half ago, two years ago, starting mm-hmm. you, having this these skills and not sure how to package it and questioning We'll talk more about that when we interview her. Like, you know, yeah. who wants this? Who would want this? Who would want to hire me? Who would want to pay for this? Is this even special? I mean, we all go through yes. that. I still go through that. Yes. I can't do what I do. My expertise is the coaching and consulting, strengths and inner critic work with you know, executives, professionals, and entrepreneurs. I can't do that and focus on that and give the high value that I give to my clients if I don't have Angela and other people that are specialty on my team doing what they do. I don't want to do what they do. I'm not good at what they do. I need the solopreneurs, the freelancers that have specialized in what they do best. She's the expert for that aspect of my business. And I I rely on her completely. And she's super smart. So she just, even from a customer perspective, I'm like, if this doesn't resonate with you, then just tell me. I mean, we had this conversation yesterday. I'm like, come back and tell me. No, you have to write that over. (laughs) So so I love it. You get to bounce ideas off each other. And it's like having a teammate. And sometimes I struggle with my own marketing, like quite who I'm talking to. And I know Mm -hmm. it's like an evolution to dial it down. And I'm like, this is what business owners want. So thank you for bringing this up. They want the teammate who's loyal. Yes who is committed, who treats their business like their business. There's a reason you're not going over to Upwork every couple of weeks to hire somebody random and new. There's a reason you haven't hired overseas. And I'm like, that's that package. That's the package that is the intrapreneur that I talk about a lot, who's behind the scenes. Like Angela did her business. Like she's over it. She wants to be able to travel. Right. Thank you. Right. Yeah. And even for your freelancers who... This has just been something that they're good at, that they've done for friends and neighbors, but I couldn't really charge at it. I don't have a degree in it. Doesn't matter. I don't care. If you can help me get to where I need to be and you have your insights and your skill, and if it's been OJT, then fine. If it works, I don't care how we get there. Just help me. Yeah. And I want to know that you're <laughs> going to complete it, that you're going to put your yes. brain on it. I can take my brain off of it and I can count on you to deliver. Yeah, absolutely. The accountability mm-hmm. piece is huge. The trust level is huge, mm-hmm. is to really do what you say you're going to do in the time frame that you say you're going to do it. And, you know, if the unexpected happens, there's an emergency or whatever. It's just the communication piece, just being transparent because life happens. And I think a lot of us are much more compassionate about that since the pandemic than we were before. Even the CEOs that I work with, they are a lot more understanding because they're actually now realizing they have to be interested in the personal lives of their employees (laughs) and staff. And before, that was not even a thing for a lot of, you know, companies. Yeah. Now it's very competitive here. 
yeah. I'm so grateful. All of my clients, I've worked for uh, mostly women, a few dudes. Everyone's been cool. I've had four babies. Everyone's yeah. been cool. I've had a bunch of PCSs. I can't even count it right now. Everyone's mm-hmm. been cool because they value me. I showed yeah. up and then they'll keep me. Yeah. And yeah, sometimes it's yeah. tough. We have to get ahead a little bit or like make sure yeah. the SOPs are solid. But I think the hard thing is you don't get paid when you're not working. I think that's the hard right. thing. But mm-hmm. the freedom that I get out of it and just that autonomy and I just couldn't work for the man anymore. <laughs> no, absolutely. I mean, that was, I used to wonder what was wrong with me because my energy level would just drag. And then I, my inner critic got me into your lazy story. Yes. You're totally lazy. And then when I took my strengths assessment and began understanding, and it totally made sense. When I was a senior in high school, my little bitty high school in Appalachian, Eastern Kentucky, we did this career assessment. Now I am in the coal fields, Bible Belt of Eastern Kentucky. Just picture that, everybody. <laughs> coal miner's daughter. Just think coal miner's daughter. That movie was filmed where I grew up. The uh, career assessment said I would either grow up to be a rabbi or a bartender. My mother went nuts. <laughs> but I'm a coach now. And I have an emotional, like, spiritual side. If that's important to my client, I honor that in them during their coaching. Mm-hmm. And then on the bartender side. I mean, people pour out their hearts to me. And it's also kind of funny. I hadn't thought about that till just now, the whole bartender rabbi thing on the bartender side. One of my clients is the largest family-owned distillery in the nation, Heaven Hill Brands. So I get all the free bourbon I want. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm coming to visit. Okay. And Um, they're they're a great team too. So yeah, we, we, we have a good time over there. Yeah. Okay. Just real quick. Do you remember what my top strength was? Oh, I can look it up really quick. I think Do you was, remember? Yeah, it was individualization. Can you? Oh, give us, yes. Can you give yeah. us a quick spiel? I just want like yeah. you in a picture. There are yes. 33, 34 different 34. Yeah. and we're all yes. one in 33 million. Was if, that right? That you, yes, that anyone has your top five strengths, there's a one in 33 okay. million chance that somebody would have that. So people in high individualization really focus in on seeing people for who they are. You really can see to the best of people and you can help people get to where they need to go in ways that they may not even realize they've been missing. You don't see people as just like, you know, just one of the masses. Mm -hmm. You appreciate and value their uniqueness. And it's really important that they know that from you, that they feel that from you. So the fact that I remember when we looked at your top five thinking, there is no way you could be doing any other business than what you're doing right now and be as happy as you are because it just all aligns with who you're naturally created to be. So one of your greatest, probably, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I don't, I don't think I am, is that when you have your unicorn seeing the high levels of success you knew they were capable of, with your high individualization, there's probably no greater reward for you. No. Oh my God. I'm like so proud. Like my dad says, yeah, it's like busting buttons because you're so proud. Yes, absolutely. And it also people will gravitate towards you because they feel that from you that when you run a class and even if it's a group coaching program or in the academy, that they're not just a number. Everybody matters and you want them to lean into what brings them to their highest and best so they can bring their clients the highest and best. 
Oh, it's just yeah. who you are. This is so fascinating. I mean, just look at how spot on this assessment was for me. And yet I battle all of the time. Don't call yourself a coach, Emily. You're not a coach. But like, look what I'm doing day in and day yeah. out. And like, is this the yeah. right business? Are you doing the right thing? You know? And I'm like, oh, like constantly questioning that. And Right. So that's I the inner critic wanting to get into your limiting belief of where you are living in a higher vibration. She doesn't like that because when you start to punch through like what could be the next iteration, how could I even maximize on what I'm doing? totally goes against the scenario where she wants you to just keep playing small. Mm-hmm. So if she could divert you or get you off track, that's much better to keep your brain occupied there than you thinking, how else could I serve my unicorns even higher? Because when you're yeah. doing that, and then how can I serve myself higher? Oh, that's like a perfect storm where she's totally just like, oh my God, this chick is totally about to figure me out. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Anyone listening and they're like, oh my God, I want this for myself. We have two things I want to talk about. One, I'm so excited to announce that Marianne's going to be teaching a workshop for our first 25 enrollees inside the Unicorn Digital Marketing Assistant School. So we are doing a special strengths workshop. And I'm so excited about that because I know that my students, my unicorns will have the most success when they believe in themselves. And I am wanting Marianne to come in and like give you the tangible results so you can lean into your strength, just like she told you about mine. So like you do these workshops all the time. Like this is all the time. I'm so excited to get to work with your unicorns. I'm just thrilled beyond belief to do this. This is trying something new, but I really do, because because I do care. I want people to get to the yeah. line and have success. I want them to be able to change their life and not have a vision that they like never go for. Right. So, okay. And th- my other question is, how can we work with you one-on-one? Maybe we're realizing like, I need Marianne in my life. Like I am getting stuck. I know yeah. I want more. I want to play bigger. I'm under earning. What is it like to work with you? Yeah. Well, there's a couple of ways to work with me. I have a couple of VIP options and people can go to calmyourinnercritic.com and learn a little bit more under the coaching tab if they're interested in that. And then there's also, I want everyone, I think we'll put the link in there about to be able to take the What's Your Inner Critic's Personality Quiz. That's a way to start right now, being able to understand a little bit more about her You'll get some really great free resources from me just to kind of kickstart and to say thank you to your audience, Emily, for for being here. And you can book a call with me on the website. So there is a place where you can reach out and contact. If you want to know more about how to work with me on each of the VIP coaching offers, there's a button that says I'm interested. Just click that. It doesn't obligate you to anything, but it lets us have a short conversation. I feel so good about this. If I can help women move forward and really yeah. lean into their things as well. Like, I'm just so happy you're in my world. You have another guide for us. You have a clarity guide that mm-hmm. can help us virtual assistants, marketing assistants. Tell us a little bit about that one. Yes, that is a huge tool that I created because when I was trying to really get more clarity on what was happening, I was doing all of these things, but I just, I wasn't feeling fulfilled. I was resentful about some of the things I was doing. My friends kept saying, well, you're just overscheduled. I wasn't overscheduled. I was misscheduled. I didn't have too much stuff going on, but I was misscheduled. So the clarity guide that I created takes you through three components where you determine what your talents are and getting your strengths assessment done is a great way to start with that. But your talents, whether they're 
they're natural or a skill you've acquired, and then kind of what your interests are, where in the world do you want to make an impact? And then what are the benefits of that to where personally for you, what is the value that will add to your life? We kind of miss that piece sometimes, like what's the value you can bring to the world? I mean, I feel like I'm on the Miss America stage. And how do you want to change the world? We change the world by changing ourselves first and understanding what's the value of how I want to show up. All of those things kind of compile to come down to your purpose. And I'm not talking about this big ethereal, what's your purpose in the universe and why were you here? We each have a unique purpose, but what is your purpose for now, for this season? Because we evolve and we change. And when we start thinking about it in this huge macro way, it becomes overwhelming. And then we're like, well, we're not going to do anything with that because now I'm overwhelmed. (laughs) But the purpose for you right now, what is the purpose that you want to call yourself to in this moment in time? It's so true. And we were talking about the stepping stones earlier at the beginning, like how we got to where we're getting. I like that you put it in that context because even as a military spouse, I never had that vision. I never had that purpose. It was always like, where are we here? And where are we moving in nine months? And and allowing myself to think about that. So I'm so glad you're sharing this guide with us. Yeah, exactly. I created it when I was really struggling coming through my daughter's situation and everything that I had pinned my security and values on just seemed to have like failed me. Mm -hmm. And the fact that she'd been hurt is what was finally the trigger that I was fed up. So If I was going to build from the ground up and really start living life on my terms, I have this quote that I say, fearless authenticity isn't always easy, but it's always worth it. I mean, this is not a just skate in the park. It's a hard climb at times. There'll be parts of the journey where it's easy because you start to recognize yourself really quickly. You're like, wow, there I am. I mean, I almost tear up now after all these years thinking about it. I'm like, wow, that's me. Because I wondered for a while, who would I have been if all of these things hadn't happened to me? Yeah. Like, it's, I'll never know. What What if? All of the what ifs and what I call rocking chair regret for not having tried. But when I began to find her and then nurture her and she started getting stronger and stronger, I mean, I would not go back for anything. Uh, mm-hmm. My daughter went through her own transformation. She was about to be a collegiate swimmer. All that went away when she had her stroke and then she had a lot of emotional stuff to get through with the boyfriend issue. But we kind of walked through together and she even says, I mean, no one would want to go through all of that again, but she would not trade the transformation it made in her life for anything. Oh my gosh. And those mama bear moments when you decide you want change for your family, for, you know, yes. wealth in your family, if you want a different way yes. of living. I mean, there was nothing that will motivate more than no. your child. Yes, absolutely. And speaking of children, I know a lot of your crew are mamas and have kids. If they go to the gallup.com website, there is a child's version of the assessment. If I had known my children's strengths growing up, I would have parented differently. It would have been definitely would have impacted how I knew what they needed. Because, you know, we're trying it the best we can. They don't come with a book. Oh, and they're so different. And you and I have yes. talked about this before. I'm glad you brought that up because I need to do that. It's like, I have. Yeah. I have, they're yes. 
I've got four little ones. They're all wired differently. They need different things from me. And I just, I need that. Yes. Yes. And when you know their strengths, it's really easy to just know how to feed into them each day based on what their little strengths are because it's who they are. Yeah. Yeah. And to encourage them to go on that path that their strengths leading them on. Yeah. It gives them courage and confidence that as adult, you know, women, a lot of us, it's taken some decades for us to realize, okay, I'm going to turn the tide and change things. If we could raise our kids to where they didn't have to try to turn the Titanic, we'd be much, I mean, it's, it's a gift I wish I could have given to my kids. They've all taken it now, but they were young adults by the time they took it. Oh my God, I'm so going to do that because I want my kids to stand up to Patsy. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We're always going to have our little version of of Patsy because we're imperfect humans and we're fallible, but she definitely can become more like flicking a gnat off your shoulder than her just like bulldozing you all the time. Oh, that's so good. Thank you. This was so much fun. I can't wait for our workshop. I loved it. Yes. And I just... I really just can't thank you enough because I see this time and time again with our community. Like people get started and they, they get stuck again. And there's people who come to me and they're like, I'm restarting. I, I did this a few years ago. Now I'm ready to really try. And like, we have to address the mindset and the things that are holding us back. Like you said, we have to change for ourselves to change yes. the world. And I'm so honored that you were in this mini mindset series that we did. I can't thank you enough, Mary. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. And it's just very simple. The only thing to really start the change is just one simple thing. Just be willing. Just be willing to try. Love it. Love it. We'll see you over on Instagram. Yes. On your quiz, on your email list. Everyone go connect with Marianne. We'll see you inside the course. Sounds great. Bye, Emily. Thanks. Make sure you grab Mary Ann's Confidence and Clarity Guide. This really helps you hone in on your unicorn strengths and what makes you different. You can use this in your own marketing. Join me next week. We're going to talk to my good buddy, Sally Arias. She's a business coach who's going to want you to look at the numbers, but we're going to do it in a very unemotional way. She has such gold to share. We're going to wrap up the mindset series with her. If you haven't joined the waitlist for the Unicorn Digital Marketing Assistant School, I will teach you all of the marketing. I will teach you how to set up your business, how to do the work that clients want you to do, how to book those discovery calls. And it's all happening in October. So you can work from home on your own terms. Make sure you're on the waitlist. We already have over 600 people on this waitlist, only spots for 100. First come, first serve. And a little hint, if you're on the waitlist, there's going to be some special action for you. All right, so join it. Links below in the show notes. And I will see you next week. If you want to start earning income as a digital marketing service provider or digital marketing assistant, you only need your laptop. You can tap into what online business owners really need help with by downloading my top 10 most requested tasks. These are the services I did for years for my clients behind the scenes. You can take this download and apply it to your own business and start by offering these very same services. If you want to niche down in digital marketing, this is your guide. Just use the link in the show notes or go to emilyreaganpr.com slash services. I 
help women get started by learning the marketing skills. And from there, why did I say it like that? I help a lot of women get started by learning marketing skills. Okay, that's all I got. I'm sorry. Ah, I got it done. Woo, woo.